Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, we'll be talking with Sheldon Hayes about the birth of her little girl. Sheldon's from Australia, but they live in Tauranga, so she ended up giving birth there, and she has a really great story to share with us, so I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey Sheldon, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me on. No worries at all. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, sure. So I'm Sheldon, I'm Australian, um, living in New Zealand with my partner Nick. He's from here. Um, and we have our little bubba, um, Bridie. She is almost one actually. Um, and we have our cat, her big sister, we call her, um, Mazzy. <laughs> we flew her over from Australia with us. Um, and we shifted over here, um, two years ago. So it's been good. Awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? Um, it was real, real good and pretty much easy. So when we moved here, we kind of knew that once we were here, we were going to start, um, our family and that was the plan. Um, and then within two weeks we were pregnant. So it happened really quickly, oh, wow. but it was, <laughs> um, it was perfect for us because we were, we were happy anyway. Um, it just yeah. meant that we had to rush everything and trying to find our house and all that because we were just staying with his family at the time. But, um, yeah, it was real smooth and easy and, yeah, it was perfect really. So, Yeah, awesome. And whereabouts in New Zealand did you move to? Uh, we moved to – we started in Mount Maunganui, but now we're living in Tauranga, just affordability. Oh, perfect. But, yeah, so yeah. Um, real close to everything, which is good. Awesome. And did you think that you wanted to deliver at the hospital or did you want to try birth at a birthing center? What were your thoughts there? Um, so because I had grown up in Australia, it's quite different over there, I feel. So when I got yeah. pregnant here, I didn't really know the system at all. And so I had to do a lot of research and um, found out that I needed to find my own midwife and everything, um, which was fine. Um, and so then when I started looking into it and found out that there's a lot of people over here do home birthing, and then there's also the birthing center options. Um, and that kind of gave me a bit to think about, but I quickly came to the decision that I definitely wanted to try the birthing center. Um, because yeah. obviously I didn't have a house. We didn't have a home at the time. I didn't want to lock in a home birth when I didn't know where I would be <laughs> and how I would feel in that situation. So yeah, we were definitely aiming for a birthing center, um, delivery. Um, and I was really happy with my midwife. So. 
Awesome. So what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like? Did you have many symptoms initially or how did you find out that you were pregnant? Uh, my pregnancy was amazing. Um, so when we found out I was pregnant, the reason that I kind of found out was I was, my cousin from Australia rang me and she said she had something to tell me and that she was pregnant and I was obviously over the moon and ecstatic. Um, and then I started thinking, like a few days later, like, that's really weird, actually. I haven't had my period. I've had really bad skin. Um, maybe I should just wait because I was li- literally only a couple of days late. Um, yeah. And my period can sometimes be all over the place. So my partner and I, we went on a big, a big hike um, on the weekend, and then I mentioned to him, and he was like, really? So we went and bought a pregnancy test on the way to our hike. And then on the way when we got home, we did the tests and found out that we were pregnant, which was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a breeze. I had no no symptoms pretty much at all. The only thing that I really had was, yeah, just I had like one patch randomly on my cheek that just was a breakout the whole entire pregnancy. Nothing I could do <laughs> would make it go away. Um, yeah. And I was just going to the toilet a lot right from the beginning, which I never thought – like I always thought that going to the toilet so much was a third trimester thing because I thought that's when yeah. your baby's big pushing on your bladder, but it was from get-go. Um, it was just, yeah, <laughs> a lot of toilet stops <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome that you didn't have too many other sort of bad pregnancy symptoms though. That's very nice. Yeah, I was so lucky, um, which is great. I think that's why I loved my pregnancy and, and yeah. yeah, it was just really good, which was um just makes me want to have so many more babies now but <laughs> yeah 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 oh awesome and did you go to any antenatal classes or birthing classes before labor yeah so I we looked into hypnobirthing and then found um, a lady who was offering that course so we did a hypnobirthing course which was really cool um, and we did that I was quite early in the pregnancy then because it was the only one offered because we were due in February pretty much at Christmas, like everything stopped before Christmas. So we did our hypnobirthing, um, I must have been like um, in 18 weeks, I think I started it, Um, which was good. And I also started going to pregnancy yoga real early as well. I might have been like 12 weeks just because I had only moved here. So I didn't have any friends or anything. So I wanted to try and start doing things as soon as I could to build um, like a community for myself. Um, yeah. and that was amazing. Pregnancy yoga is just that I've got so many friends from that now. We've got our own little crew, which is so good. Um, and oh, then we awesome. also did, um, the free antenatal classes. Uh, but because we'd already done the hypnobirthing, we went to like, well, my partner went to one and then he didn't come to anymore because he didn't. <laughs> find it enjoyable and then I went to two and I stopped going as well just because it didn't feel right and everything that they were kind of telling us it was really medical based and like scaremongering I found it so because I'd done hypnobirthing in that there it's all like about calmness and your body doing everything sorry everything it's supposed to and they did go into like all the complications that can happen and everything so I didn't feel like I needed to go to the rest of the antenatal classes, so we kind of stopped going to those. Um, yeah, fair enough. But, and yeah. was the hypnobirthing class or course that you did in 
Taronga as well? Yeah, it was in Taronga. The lady who ran it, she was from Rotorua, so she was traveling okay. quite a lot for our glasses. But it was at the time the lady who does them in Taronga or at Papamoa, she was on maternity leave. So Cool. And did you end up going into labor naturally? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I went into labor naturally um, two days before my due date. Um, and it was it was about, well, I kind of started getting contractions or surges, we called them in hypnobirthing, at 1 a.m. in the morning on a Wednesday. Um, and, yeah, so I knew that it could kind of go for a while, so I didn't bother waking up my partner or um, texting my midwife or anything. I just tried to sleep through it, um, and it was, yeah, manageable at the time. I didn't have any issues. I didn't need to get up and walk around or anything. I just breathed through it when I had them. Um, and then it got to about where my partner was getting up for work at 7 a.m. And I just said to him, Oh, I think, um, you probably should stay home from work today. And he was like, Why? Yeah. What's going on? And I just said, Oh, I've started having what I think were contractions. I wasn't sure at the time. Like I didn't really know. Um, but I felt like they were. So he stayed home and then, um, at 8 a.m. in the morning, I texted my midwife and just said that I'd been having some throughout the night. And she just said to just wait it out. It could be tomorrow or the next day on baby because she was my first. And so we weren't really sure. And then, yeah, by 8.30 a.m. they'd completely stopped. And I was, <laughs> we were like, oh my gosh, we just wasted a whole day off. <laughs> like now that they've gone, like she's obviously not coming uh, anytime soon because we knew we were having a girl. Um, so we just hung out at home and I did the washing and we played with the cat and. Just did house chores and made sure that bags were packed and everything for that when it did end up happening. And then in late afternoon, it must have been two thirty three, I guess. Um, I started getting them again, and that was good. That was at least we were like, "Yay, it's not a day wasted." Um, and so yeah, we I just breathed through them and moved around, and um, so I'd had my last midwife appointment um three days before this. And the whole pregnancy, Bridie, um, had been OP. So she was, um, completely facing out. So spine on spine. And so mm-hmm. through hypnobirthing and yoga and stuff, I knew that if I was on all fours or like leaning forward over a medicine ball or something and rotating, rocking on the ball and stuff, um, during surges and that I could try and spin her myself. So I was doing that with each surge. Um, but I didn't know if I was successful at all because I didn't have anyone to kind of check yeah. how she was. It was just me doing it in the hopes that it would help. Um, and then, so we had dinner and stuff and by dinner time it was getting a bit more full on. So we text my midwife again and just said like, it's starting to get more progressive. Um, she rang us back and just got, um, a bit more information like on times and stuff. Um, of how often and regular and everything, but they weren't super regular. Um, and they weren't quite what she was wanting in regards to like thinking that it was going to happen anytime soon. There was, I can't remember exactly, um, what they were at that time, but that just kind of, we just kind of felt like, okay, it's probably going to be tomorrow when, um, we'll have the baby. So that was okay. Yeah. I just kind of kept doing my thing. And at this point, like it wasn't 
I didn't find any of them really painful or unbearable or anything. So that was good. I just breathed and swayed and stuff. And then by, it must have been eight or nine, or maybe ten-ish, um, at night time, they were getting a bit more intense. And so I jumped in the shower. Um, we had my calm hypnobirthing music playing. My partner set up like fairy lights in the bathroom and stuff just to set the mood. And it was really nice and helped keep me calm. But I didn't last long in the shower because by then, I really felt like I needed to go to the toilet. Um, so I jumped out and just put on a dressing gown. I was just dripping wet, but being February, it was really hot anyway, so it didn't matter. But I felt like I needed to start pushing. And so I made him ring my midwife and just tell her what was going on. She still kind of wasn't convinced at the time. She was like, Oh, just come over anyway and check you out. And then we can see what we can do from there. But she was living in Papamoa. So, uh, we were in Tauranga. So. It was like, it could be about 45 minutes by the time I get there. So just keep going, doing what you're doing. You sound like you're doing fine. And so I was like, oh my gosh, 45 minutes. Like, I feel like I need to push now. Um, It got to, yeah, it must have been 40 minutes later. And I was saying to Nick, like, oh my gosh, you need to find out where she is. Like, I really feel like this baby's coming now. Um, And he rang her again and she's like, I'm literally pulling into your street. Just hang on a second. And she got here and, and, um, she was like, okay, let's check you out. And I jumped on the couch and she had a little look. And then she said to us, she was like, okay, so we are either going to leave right now um, or if you want, you can have your baby at home because you're at eight centimeters. <laughs> and at that point we were just like, what? No. Oh my God. Like it was just crazy. So she said to us, yeah, we can, if we go now, if you feel like you need to start pushing while you're in the car, pull over and we will just deliver your baby wherever we are. And that kind of freaked us out at the time. We we're like, oh my God, we're going to have a baby in a car or yeah. yeah. So that put the fire up us and we got in the car real quick. And yeah, that was the longest car ride ever. We're only five minutes away yeah. from the birthing center, but I was having surges like by then it was probably every 40 seconds, I guess. So they were, and they were strong. Um, so that was horrible being in a seatbelt and not being able to move how I wanted to move. And yeah, it wasn't enjoyable that part at all. So we got to the birthing center and because I was so far along already and I had kind of wanted to try a water birth, but there was not even enough time to fill up the bath. So I ended up just kind of, yeah, just hanging out at the birthing center. By the time I got there, I was in transition anyway, which was the, at the time, like I had forgotten at that point, what I had done in hypnobirthing, um, and that's the transition yeah. is the stage where kind of everyone goes through the I can't do this frame of mind. And so I was like, I can't do this. And Nick and my midwife had both just kept reminding me like, you know, this is, this is the point that everybody gets to and it just means that your baby's going to be here sooner. So, you know, keep going. And so that helped. And then she was listening to Baba's heartbeat after my surges after my contractions and they were dropping and not her heart rate was dropping and and she wasn't quite happy with it so she decided that we needed to transfer to the hospital just in case because obviously at the birthing center there's not really any proper medical there's there's no doctors or anything there if if anything does happen yeah so she decided we needed to transfer to the hospital and that was a really quick process so just in the time of waiting for the paramedics to arrive because by this time it was 11 p.m. at night or something. 
Um, and so the midwives from the birthing center were trying to put in one of those little drip tube thingies in my hand in case I needed something when we got to the hospital and they just couldn't do it. I was just having so many surges and I wasn't staying still enough and my hand ended up so bruised afterwards. But my midwife was getting quite frustrated because they were taking so long and the paramedics were standing there waiting to put me on in the the ambulance and stuff. So she ended up putting it in my elbow, which in the end was so annoying after having a baby. But anyway, that happened. So I was more concerned at this point about Nick not being there because he wasn't allowed in the ambulance with us. He had to follow in the car. And so I was just more worried about him getting to the hospital and finding us because I thought we would go in different entries and stuff. And But when we got there, yeah. um, he was standing there waiting for me, which was great. So we went through to um, the birthing room and because it was so late at night, we had to wait for the obstetrician to come in from her home. Obviously, she was on call. And so that took forever for me. It was probably half an hour maybe 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And yeah. it was because baby's heart rate was dropping um, and she was facing, she was still OP, so still spine on spine. And it just ended up being that there was no way that my, how my body shape was and how she was positioned that I would be able to get her out on my own. But because uh, we were waiting for the obstetrician, I had to still keep on pushing every time I had a surge, just in the hopes that I would be able to get her a little bit out yeah. or all the way or just see how we were going. And that was really hard. The pushing stage for me was probably the the one part that wasn't enjoyable at all. So I enjoyed pregnancy and labor and, yeah, got to pushing and I just couldn't do it. I just, I don't know how it was, but I don't, I think part of it was my hypnobirthing that I'd done. A lot of it is about you breathing baby down. And I kind of had in my head before going into labor that I didn't need to push. And so I didn't know how to push and then it just, yeah, was not working. So by the time the obstetrician got there and she put like a little, the little monitor inside me in baby's head, um, just to see what was going on with her. And yeah, they weren't happy with her heart rate at all. And, um, so she decided that I needed to have an episiotomy just to try and help get baby out. Um, and if that wasn't going to work, they were, throwing around possibly an emergency cesarean, but she, the obstetrician was pretty much set on delivering her then and there. She didn't want me to have a cesarean, um, which was fine with me at the time. I was like, just yeah, get my baby out. So she yeah, yeah did a local, giving me an episiotomy, and then um, I still hadn't had any pain relief at all, just like I didn't ask for it. I didn't feel like I really needed it, even though it was – Bloody hard pushing. Um, so they said, oh, just to have some gas while she was going to use, um, the Vontouche, the Kiwi cup. So I did, um, use gas for that, but I did not like it. It really, it just made me feel sick and like I wasn't in the room, but yeah, they just kept me, Nick just kept shoving it in my mouth every time I, every time I was having a contraction. Um, and they used the Kiwi cup, um, six times. And it still wasn't helping. And I think they're usually only supposed to use them three is the maximum. So yes, they did it six times and then decided that that wasn't working. So they had to do the forceps. Um, and so that was the most painful out of everything was just them yeah. playing around in there, like 
shoving things in me and everything else was fine. But yeah, that was the most painful for me. Um, and then eventually they got baby's head through and realized that her cord was around her neck. So they just unhooked her cord and that was fine. Um, and then the obstetrician said to me, just your daughter is looking at you. Just have a look down and you can see her. And I looked down between my legs and she, I could just see this little head and she was still inside me, but her head was out and she had the biggest eyes and she was just looking straight at me. And it was so amazing. And I, it was, yeah, I will never forget that moment. And she said, the obstetrician said to us, well, she's through now. Do you want to deliver her or do you want dad to get her? Um, and because she was facing up, it's just a real easy, you just, they just come out. But like when they're yeah. facing down, there's kind of a little, a little turn that they have to do. And so when she said that, I was, I just straight away was like, yes, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get her. And yeah, I just pulled her out. Um, and put her straight on my chest and she was real slimy and floppy and <laughs> but she was beautiful and she wasn't crying or anything, but she was fine. She was breathing and they were all happy that she didn't, wasn't crying because they could see she was fine and she was wriggling. And yeah, it was amazing just having, being able to do that, just pulling her out and having her on me. It, it was, yeah, crazy. Incredible ending to probably quite a um, scary, I guess, sort of little while while you had to get the episiotomy and then the forceps. It's, I can imagine that would be tough, but what a yeah. lovely ending. Yeah, it was definitely, that was probably the best thing that could have come out of that situation. I mean, I don't view any of it negatively, but it wasn't yeah. exactly what I had planned, but, you know, you can never plan birth at all. It just happens how it happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was yeah. amazing being able to do that and then, because I had had the episiotomy and the forceps and everything, um, they pretty much needed to take me away to get me stitched up and everything. Um, so yeah. I had her on me for probably half an hour. And in that time, um, they tried to get her to latch on and stuff just to get a little bit of colostrum, hopefully before I got taken away. And, and my partner, Nick, cut the cord for her. Um, and we had, bought our own um, umbilical cord tie. So we bought a mukha tie, like a flaxseed tie with um, a little panamo um, green stone on it. So they used yeah. that as well to tie off her cord um, instead of a plastic clip. And then, yeah, so I got taken away pretty much, yeah, must have been like half an hour to an hour after I had her. And I really just wanted to make sure that she was like getting skin to skin. So before they took me, my midwife, she knew all of this and she just said, all right, Nick, get your shirt off. And so he took off his shirt and she just gave him Bridie. Um, and so then I was like, okay, that's good. Um, and yeah, I got taken away and that to give me like a spinal blocker and stuff to stitch me up, um, for yeah. the episiotomy because it was quite, so they cut me, but then I also tore as well. So that's why I had to get taken away because it ended up being, a grade three C, um, which yeah. is quite severe, I guess. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know how many, I think it's like maybe four, like four yeah. sides. Yeah. So it was pretty close. Um, yeah. And that was the hardest part being away from Bridie for like the first two hours of her life. I just wanted to see her, but I was so exhausted as well by this time. So she was born, um, one twenty AM in the morning. So. Yeah, from everything starting up again at like three in the afternoon and then she was born by one. It kind of was quite quick, 
I guess. But yeah, you lose all sense of time anyway. But yeah, I just wanted to get back to her yeah. and yeah. yeah, eventually we got there, which was great. She was all bundled up and yeah. precious tiny little thing, which was good. Oh, lovely. And how did she actually go at latching on? Do you think that those first few days in the hospital were helpful or? We ended up staying in hospital for uh, four nights, I think. She, well, I felt like we just, we struggled with breastfeeding. It was so hard. Um, and at the start she wasn't, her blood sugars were low. And so they were saying that she wasn't getting enough at the time. So we had to do top ups of formula in the hospital, which I mean, it helped her in the end. Um, and yeah. that was good. And because we were doing top ups of formula, the midwives were really great. They, every time like I needed to breastfeed, I had one of them come in and help me latch her because I couldn't do it. I just could not get the hang of it. And then ended up, they taught me how to express so that when she wasn't feeding, I could try and express off my colostrum into syringes so that we could try and give her that instead of using formula. Um, and then when my milk came in, they, they helped me to pump, um, so that eventually like it would just bring it on faster and she would be getting more milk. And then we could switch out the formula for my express milk top ups. Um, and every time we were still trying to latch every feed and, um, giving her her best little shot at learning to get it herself, which was great. Um, but it was so hard still. Like I had not prepared myself for how hard breastfeeding was going to be. And I feel like nobody really tells you that it's going to be hard. Like it's kind of in antenatal classes and hypnobirthing, it was just brushed over. So that was kind of frustrating and challenging. Um, and then I just yeah, had cracked bleeding nipples and, Everything you get at the start when you're first learning anyway. Um, and then one of the midwives, they're just all so different at the hospital. Like you have one midwife and then you have a different one come in and say a different thing the next time. And some were yeah. pushing to use nipple shields and others were pushing not to use them. And it was just, yeah, all over the place. But we did have one that we really, um, talked to and she was great and she did give me a nipple shield and it helped so much. Just when it was really unbearable, I could just put that on and give myself a bit of relief. And then, um, yeah, we got home when we went home and I was still struggling, but I knew that there was a lot of help around Tauranga that I could ask for. So my midwife was great. Um, when she did come out and visit, um, she, I got her to show me every time how to latch because I was struggling so much with it. Um, and then I also, um, so eventually, cause you get to the six week mark and the midwife doesn't come and visit you so much anymore. I think you transfer into Plunkett possibly by then. Yep. But I had also known that there was, um, at the birthing center, there's, they have a milk cafe, which runs every Thursday and there's a lactation consultant that runs that. And any breastfeeding mother at all can just go along to it. It's just like a, little meetup. I knew that was on. So I had contacted her and went and had a private session with her to help. Um, and then I'd also contacted the lactation consultant through Plunkett and had her help me as well. Um, because we were just really, it just was painful every single latch. And like I had kind of heard that by six weeks, it should be, you, you, you kind of give it till six weeks before you really mastered it. Um, and I, we yeah. still hadn't by then. And then eventually I found like a, 
my cousin from Australia um, was a part of a Facebook group, which is, um, it's an Australian one, but it was just amazing. I joined it and it's just all about breastfeeding support and stuff. And they were pretty much that they're my Bible now. Like I just, any issues I have with breastfeeding, I just go straight on there and I search in their search bar. I ask them and they're just amazing. The wealth of knowledge they have on that page is incredible. Um, and they're a hundred percent the reason why I'm still breastfeeding now. And we're still having issues now. Still, I've just had mastitis this week again, and she's nearly one year old. But like we've had from the get go, we've had thrush, we've had mastitis, we've had blebs, we've had. Um, she's had like cow's milk protein intolerance, so I've quit all dairy. Yeah, anything to do with breastfeeding, pretty much we've had it. But we've persisted the whole time, and she's still breastfeeding, and it's so it's so enjoyable now. Like it. It stopped being painful probably by three months. She was, yeah. Yeah. It was 100% like I was like, oh, my gosh, there's no pain right now. And, yeah, that was amazing. That was the the best moment when I realized, like, oh, my God, I'm doing this and it's not hurting, which was great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And how did you go sort of adjusting to life as a new mum once you got home emotionally and also how was your recovery physically from your episiotomy and just from birth? Yeah, so I just loved being a mum. I think I've always known that I would that I'm just meant to be one. So it was I found it real easy. I didn't have any issues um adjusting to life with a baby. It was great. My mum did come over from Australia and was here for three weeks um at the start, which was so helpful because it literally meant that I could just sit on the couch and hold my baby, which was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And I think having that time to literally sit on the couch and hold her, like I didn't put her down. She didn't sleep anywhere except in my arms. And that was what I wanted. And I think that is the reason that she is so chill. She's the cruisiest baby. And I think that helped as well, making it so easy. Um, so that part was just amazing. Um, my recovery from the episiotomy was I recovered really quickly. Like I I didn't, like while I was in the hospital, they were saying, oh, do you want painkillers and morphine and stuff? And But I didn't feel like I needed it. Like I, I wasn't in pain. I did use Panadol a few times in the first few days, but it was nothing that was unbearable. The only thing at the start was because I had had such a big tear as well as the episiotomy, um, and they give you, after you've had a baby, they give you stool softness just because, like, it can be quite traumatizing trying to go to the toilet after you've just had a baby. Yeah. Um, but they didn't agree with me. And because I'd had such a huge tear, they, it just made it so much worse. So I was having real trouble with my bowels, um, at the hospital. And so, yeah, I shut myself so many times at the hospital. And it was embarrassing, <laughs> yeah. but it's what happens. And unfortunately, that's what happened to me. And yeah, so the midwives were great in dealing with that. And they ended up coming to the conclusion that I just didn't need stool softeners because they weren't agreeing with me. Plus, with the amount of like damage that had happened down there, um, yeah, it wasn't needed. But by the time we got home, pretty much I was all back in control and I could, like, I had more feeling and stuff of what was going on down there, um, which was good. So, yeah, that was the only issue 
with recovery was while we were still at the hospital was having those issues um, with bowel movements. But otherwise, yeah, I was pretty much um, stopped postpartum bleeding within three weeks and was yeah. just yeah, doing my normal thing pretty much, yeah, once I was home from hospital. But that just involved me sitting yeah. on the couch cuddling my baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And I know you said you're still breastfeeding, but have you got your period back yet or that's still holding it off? No, I still haven't had any sign of my period. Um, I'm kind of celebrating, but kind of not because we want another baby and I can't plan it. And I'm a planner. I like to plan yeah. things. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a bit of a win-win, but also a not because I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a baby, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Sheldon. I really appreciate it. And I think that other mums will get a lot out of your story. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun sharing it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.